This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. And that's, that's our philosophy of, of music, is the book of Psalms. And so we're going to dive into that. This psalm here in Psalm 1 is a little unique because it doesn't necessarily fall under any of those categories. But this is instructions from the psalmist, ironically not David, but instructions from the psalmist on how to have a blessed life. And so the title of today's message, as was last week's, was hashtag blessed. And we talked about that, how... You're having a bad day, and your life is not going well, but yet this perfect little post on social media. I was talking to someone earlier here today, they're like, I don't have any social media, and I'm like, you know what? I need to be like you, and, uh, but you see that post, and like, you see this person who has the perfect life, and they hashtag blessed, and um, I'd like to see somebody who gives an announcement of something bad going on in their life, and at the end, hashtag Blessed. Because you're just as blessed when you're going through the struggle as you are when you're on the mountaintop. And we need a perspective change. I mentioned last Sunday that we need to watch how we gauge who has a blessed life. And once again, this word happy kind of is put in there. It's not necessarily a true definition of the word blessed, but it has the connotation of that happy. We need to keep in context that we oftentimes struggle when we compare our behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. And we have to understand that everything we see today, we don't understand the whole story. You see, sitting around this room today are a lot of different people. And everybody looks great today. Right now, you all got a smile. If you're awake, you all have a smile on your face. <clears throat> everybody looks so good. You know what you don't, none of us know what was going on in the car on the way to church today. How many of you are glad of that sometimes? Raise your, be honest. You're in church, all right? How many of you are glad that not everybody knows what happened this week in, in your house? Just, just be real. You see, we see each other's highlight reels. We don't, and we, but we see our own behind the scenes. And sometimes we can really mess our focus up when we say, man, my life is not blessed because I see what this person's life looks like and everything seems to be in order. Well, let me say something. Number one, your life is probably not as messed up as what you think it is. And number two, their life is probably a lot more messed up than what you think it is. So we got to get a perspective change. And so we, we talked uh, last Sunday about the first two verses of this passage. And I'll tell you what, today we're going to read um, all six of these verses, uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, look along. If not, use an app. If not, they'll be on the screen for you. <clears throat> but all six verses here in this introductory psalm. Blessed, once again, if I was spiritual, I would say blessed. But blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. That's where we ended last week. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth, brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. 
Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Heavenly Father, speak through your word today. Make it plain, make it clear. I pray that we would be changed not by the dynamics of the speaker, not by the jokes or the wittiness, but by the word of God. God, that is what we plant firmly on this morning, is your word. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week we spoke about two uh, introductory points. A blessed man will seek healthy influences. We talked about verse 1. He does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He does not stand in the path of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of the scornful. So this man, this blessed man, this blessed person will seek to have healthy influences around him. And that's something, by the way, that you don't just need to preach to your kids growing up, but that you need to live as an adult. You do understand that even at your age, whatever your age is in this room, and we are very multi-generational, it doesn't matter what age you are, you need to seek healthy influences. Seek healthy influences. They say that you are, right now, the average of your five closest friends. Who you are right now is the average of your five closest friends. We need to make sure that we're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. (coughs) We're not standing in the path of sinners. Or we're not seated in the seat of the scornful. And notice the digression. You see, you were walking, then you were standing, and then you were sitting. You see, when you allow negative influences into your life, it will take you from walking with them to standing with them to then seated with them. And I mentioned last week, that seat of the scornful is a bad place to be. And if you've ever been there, if you've ever sat in that seat, if you're sitting in that seat this morning, I encourage you to stand up and get up out that seat. All right, please, for your sake and the sake of everyone around you. But secondly, last week we noticed this, that the blessed man will delight in God's law. The blessed man will delight in God's law. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. I'm going to need water. Um, There's a water bottle back there somewhere. It's a big one too. Y'all get ready for this. Y'all have never experienced this first at Keystone. I have a water bottle about that big. It's about to make its way on the stage. I would rather do this than cough really loudly into this microphone. That's it. (laughs) Look at that thing. That's all they had at the Dollar Tree. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Mm. Not bad. That thing is massive. It'll fit. All right, cool. But the blessed man, the happy man, will not value ungodly influences, but he will value the law of the Lord. And we spoke last week about how that is either a generic statement talking about the Bible. At this point in time, the psalmist had the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, available, maybe parts of the book of Job, but that was it. 
And we talked about how he delighted in the law of the Lord. It could also mean something deeper, that he delighted in the commandments, the laws that he was given. Some of them very difficult laws to actually live out. Some of them very difficult to, to be a part of. But no matter what the deeper meaning is of this, at the end of the day, the blessed man will value this book. The blessed man will value this book. And I will say this, the more that you value this book, the more that this book becomes a part of your life, the more this book uh, guides your life and puts you on the path, the more this book does, the better off you will be. The better off you will be spiritually, the better off you will be as a wife or a husband or a parent or a friend, whatever it may be this morning. I love that phrase that he meditates day and night. You know what that tells me? And this is something I think we're all guilty of is compartmentalizing our Bible time. If we, if we do have a relationship daily in this word, so often that relationship is something that we have scheduled in as a habit. And that's not a bad thing. Hear me out. But when this simply becomes like brushing your teeth and putting on deodorant and grabbing breakfast, if it's just another check mark, and then you move off of it and you go about your day and you revisit it again 24 hours later, well, you're missing something. You're missing the meditation day and night. You're missing walking in the word. And I would encourage you to do what you have to do. We have all types of technologies available to us today. We have all, anything you want to do to remind you of scripture, but we ought to be meditating upon the word. So where we pick up today is verse 3, and we'll begin with this point. The blessed man maintains spiritual health. The blessed man, you want to be a blessed Christian? I'm happy if you want to look at it that way. Christian, this blessed Christian will maintain spiritual health. Look at verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I want us to take a look and really break apart the text here in verse 3, which, by the way, is always a good thing to do when you look at the Bible, is actually look at what it means and look at what it's telling you. But it's a tree. Look at this. Uh, He shall be like a tree. That's a full-grown, mature tree, as opposed to a branch, as opposed to a sapling, as opposed to a small flower, as opposed to a small plant. He says, no, this blessed man will be like a tree, a mature tree. Think about this in the realm of your spiritual life spiritual maturity you see spiritual maturity a tree to be a spiritual tree means that when things happen around you when a spiritual hurricane hits you might bend but hopefully you don't break it means that when the trials of life and the storms of life hit you because you are a tree you will not be tossed to and fro as easily and quickly 
as someone who is not a tree, as we're going to see here in the next verse. But a mature Christian, a mature person will maintain the spiritual health, and that looks like being a mature Christian. But not only is it a tree, it is, it is a tree that is planted. It's planted. You shall be like a tree planted. This has a long-term or permanent message that flows from it. You see, this mature Christian, this spiritually healthy, blessed man does not, uh, does not hear one day and then there the next day and then over there the next day and then back there the next day. This morning, I spent some time with a young man, and he told me this. It was, it was a great, something I had heard all my life from older people, but it's great to see it play out even in the lives of young, younger people. He said, man, it's just tough to find faithful people, isn't it? It's tough to find somebody that I'm just going to plant my roots. I'm going to plant right here, and you're going to find me right here. There is no wishy-washy. There is no turning to the right or turning to the left. No, you're going to find me with my spiritual health as a tree, and I'm going to plant myself. I'm going to dig my roots deeply. I'm going to be mature in my faith. A tree that is firmly planted. Firmly planted. By the rivers of water, the next phrase. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. These rivers of water, as they would flow beside these trees. Think about the context of where we're speaking of. Most, in fact, almost all of the Bible, and there's a great picture of it, almost all of the Bible was in the desert. We're talking about from Egypt. And we're talking about over into the Middle East, where almost 100% of that is desert. If you go out to the western part of our country, you will see, for miles and miles, you will see brown, desert, dirt. And to me, it's not cool. I don't like that. But you have to understand the word picture that the psalmist was giving in this, in this verse. He was saying, hey, listen, look around you. It's mostly brown. But I am going to make this spiritually blessed, mature Christian green and lush. Because the only place that it was going to be green and the only way that tree was going to be firmly rooted and planted was going to be where there was access to to water. To water. And there's many word pictures of what water is the word of god and the holy spirit different things that the bible has given as a as a word picture of the of water i'm not going to dive into that today for sake of time but let's just say that in the middle of the middle of the desert in the middle of a horrible culture in the middle of a culture that has no water this tree was planted beside the rivers of water where that water could easily sink into the root system and grow. This word picture that the psalmist writes tells us that it is possible to live a healthy, growing, and mature life even in the middle of a desert. And can I say this? If we look around, and I I say this often, but I hope it sinks in. As we look around our culture, 
we're, we're ignorant to not see the desert around us spiritually. We're ignorant to not see the spiritual desert around us. It's, it's very easy, in my opinion, to open up our eyes and look at the culture around us and see dry desert. To see spiritual death. To see things that once maybe were alive that are now burnt up. And it is possible to live a healthy, mature tree planted by the rivers of water christian spiritual biblical life in 2019 in the middle of the desert it is possible it is possible and the word picture that the psalmist is using here was played out physically there in front of them but this tree that is planted by the rivers of let's continue our word study In verse 3, this tree that's planted by the rivers of water, it will bring forth its fruit in its season. This is a healthy tree, yes, but it's also a useful tree. This is also a fruitful tree. This is a tree that bears fruit. And can I say this? My entire life, I was taught something about bearing fruit. And as I study my Bible... It just, you know how it does that sometimes? It just like rips the rug out from under you. I've often thought bearing fruit was just, I was supposed to go out and reproduce myself and other people. Man, I was supposed to go out and win this person to Christ and have another little Josh right here right beside me. And then I'm going to, another little Josh right over here. I'm going to have this little Josh right over here. Now what is it? What is a fruitful Christian? Galatians. What is a fruitful Christian? Love, joy, peace. What is that? It's the fruit of the Spirit. You see, a healthy Christian will portray the fruit of the Spirit. And notice, those are all inward. Those are all the way that we deal with things. Those are not necessarily have anything to do with our outward appearance. That fruit of the Spirit is love, and it's joy, and it's peace. It's long-suffering, it's gentleness, it's patience, it's goodness. Those are the fruits that a mature Christian, a blessed Christian in Psalm 1 will produce the fruit of the Spirit. Understand what that means. When you got saved, yes or no, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, yes or no? Yes. And so when the Holy Spirit is planted inside of you, He will germinate, and He will grow, and He will produce fruit. So if you are a born-again believer this morning, the Holy Spirit resides in you, You should, if you're a healthy tree planted by the rivers of water, you should be producing spiritual fruit. You should see evidence in your life of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness. You ought to see those fruits being born in your life. You ought to see the way that you used to be and the way that you are now that Jesus has changed your life. You ought to see the way you used to deal with this and now the way you deal with it because Jesus has changed your life. You say he's a fruitful tree. This is a fruitful Christian portraying for all the world to see the fruit of the Spirit in his life. His leaf does not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. 
His leaf does not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. His leaf, I love this. Spurgeon said it this way, God's trees are all evergreens. His leaf doesn't wither. They're, all, they're green. They're healthy. A faithful man, a mature man, a God, a blessed man has leaves that do not wither. Always alive. Always prospering. Prospering. This is Obviously, we think of prospering and not, we immediately go into businessman mode. Prospering means that I used to have this amount and now I have double that amount, so I've prospered. And that's not a bad way of looking at that. But just think of it this way, that what the blessed man will do ultimately will succeed. Now, it may not succeed like we think it ought to succeed. We've talked about that a lot in our, in our studies in Scripture. A lot of times things don't work out the way we think they ought to work out, but we're not God. And it's not our job to tell God what, su- what success looks like. I'm going to say that again because you, li- you missed it. It's not our job to tell God what success looks like in the American dream, in the American church, in the American family. It's not our job to tell God what success looks like. No, Whatever we do shall prosper, and that's according to our Creator God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Those that are mature in Christ, those trees that are planted by the rivers of water that bring forth their fruit in their season, their leaf doesn't wither, and whatever they do prospers. Practically speaking this morning, can, you, can I ask you to think about where you are on your spiritual journey? See, we're all on a spiritual journey. We're all on this this road called life together. Can I ask you an honest question? Are you spiritually healthy? Think about what this, this verse three. Are you a mature tree? Have you been planted by the rivers of water? Are you being fed? Are you bringing forth fruit? Are you producing the fruit of the spirit? Is your leaf not withering? Are you prospering spiritually? Honest question. Are you spiritually healthy? If you were to go in for a spiritual health analysis, would your spiritual doctor observe these attributes in your life of stability, maturity, growth, fruitfulness, life, health? Can I practically say this? I believe there might be some in this room who could say, I remember when I was. Hey, I remember when I could answer yes. Hey, I remember a time in my life when I was a more stable Christian. I remember a time in my life when I was a more uh, mature Christian and life has hit me. The devil has thrown a pretty tough punch. And can I encourage you today, if there has ever been a time in your life where you feel like you were closer to God than you are today, can I say today needs to be the day that you recommit to spiritual maturity, spiritual growth, and to Psalm 1, verse 3. 
If you are further away from God today than any other time in your life, then you are what Christianese says the word is. This is a church word. Backslidden. If you aren't aren't in church, that's just a church word for you're not as close to your Lord and Savior as you once were. Some of us speak fluent Christianese in here. It's good. We'll be teaching classes later. Just kidding. But can I say today, if there's ever been a time where you've been closer to God, can you get back to that? Would you commit today to saying, I'm going to look at Psalm 1 and verse 3, and I'm going to beg God to make me that. A tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit. My, my leaf does not wither, and whatever I do prospers. Because the blessed man will maintain spiritual health. We're a young church. Less than two years old. And can I say that young churches oftentimes are so much more volatile. They're so much, they're so much more easily impacted in a negative sense by unhealth, unhealthy Christians. And can I say this for the stability and the sake of Keystone Church? Can I ask you today to make a personal commitment to being a healthy Christian? Because in order to be a healthy church, we must be a church full of healthy Christians, of healthy individuals, of healthy families, of healthy relationships. Not only does the blessed man maintain spiritual health, but secondly, this morning, the blessed man avoids instability. And this somewhat is the, just the, the other side of that coin. And can we just for a brief moment explore what that looks like the other side of that coin is verse four the ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind drives away the ungodly are the exact opposite there is no such thing as stability whichever way the wind blows that's where they blow if you think about tumbleweed on a desert highway that crosswind comes that tumbleweed just rolls on down to the other side and the Wind comes the other way, and that time we don't roll back the other way. And spiritually, the ungodly are so unstable. Whatever way the wind blows is, is how they are, are, are blowing at that time, how they are going at that time. And it's those people that you actually cringe when you say it, when you see them, but you ask them this question, this dreaded question. You know what this question is? How are you doing today? And you're like... I don't know if I can handle what the answer is going to be. You know why? Because depending on how the wind blew that morning or that week, you're going to either get that they're on top of the world or you're going to get that they're going through the valley of the shadow of death and there is no in between. It's like, I want to ask you how you're doing, but I'm not sure if I can handle the answer that you're going to give me. There's no stability. There's no maturity can I say this as a Christian you're going to have to handle some tough situations sometimes and maturity says I'm not going to get too high and I'm not going to get too low basketball coaches this past week I saw an interview of a a player who uh, was talking about a former coach of his and he said they said what was the best advice you ever got from your coach and he said, the best advice I ever got was, don't let your highs get too high, and don't let your lows get too low. And man, apply that to our Christian lives. 
Hey, don't let your highs get too high. Chill. Don't let your lows get too low. Chill. Stability. A rock. Not a tumbleweed. Not a chaff which the wind drives away. No deep roots. No deep roots to keep them stable. There's no water to keep them healthy. There's no fruit being produced. They are simply existing. And they are reacting to the circumstances that are around them. And today, can I say this? And you guys not, not hate me. In churches all across this country and this world, we have spiritual Christians who are literally that way. There is no root system. There is no water feeding them. There is no fruit being produced. And they are being blown to and fro for whatever wind of doctrine has come along. Instability. Instability. Those that name the name of Christ should not live unstable, tumbleweed lives, but they must live planted, tree, deep root lives. Lastly, this morning, I want us to see this. The last two verses, the blessed man will recognize God's supremacy. God's supremacy. This is a recipe for a blessed life, seeking healthy influences, delighting in God's law, maintaining spiritual health, rejecting or avoiding instability, and then at the end of the day, recognizing God's supreme authority. His sovereignty, his providence. Verse 5 says, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. They will not be able to stand. That's what that means. In the judgment. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. These are verses of warning. But these are also verses of, of hope. Hey, can I say this to the righteous? Can I say this to those who name the name of Jesus? Can I say this to those who, who love their Lord and Savior, who are growing in Christ? Can I say this, that the Lord knows the way of the righteous? You may think that whatever you're doing for God is completely uh, glossed over, and, and you may even in a church our size, as we're not a large church, you may say, I'm doing things in the church and nobody even knows what I'm doing, or no one ever says anything to me, or no one says thank you. I hope that's not the case, but no one says thank you. Let me tell you this today. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. Hey, and just like you tell your kids, Hey, every little bad thing you do, God sees. You raise a great little legalist. Because let me say this, every good thing your child does, he also sees. Can we be real? And can I say this this morning as an encouragement? God reigns supreme over all. And those of us that love him and that are growing in him, that are like trees planted by the rivers of water, that are, that, are, that are trying to grow in their spiritual maturity and trying to reject the instability of the tumbleweed, and, and we truly are allowing God's spirit to grow us, and we're, we're in his word, and we're, we're in conversation with him through prayer. Hey, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows. 
And we look around and we see the evil around us and we see the ungodliness around us and we see those who mock the name of our Savior around us and we see those who have completely rejected Him. Well, can I say that the way of the ungodly shall perish? <clears throat> hey, listen, I've, I've already seen the end of the movie. I've already seen the end of the movie. I actually watched the credits roll and then stayed for the next part because the lights didn't come up, so that's when you know. The lights come up, it's over. If the lights don't come up, there's more after the credits. Y'all learned something today, all right? Um, that's not in the Bible, but I'm just telling you. All right, I stay for the whole thing. I saw what happens in the end. In the end, the Lord knows the way of the righteous and the way of the ungodly shall perish. So can I say this this morning? Can we just continue on being in the way of righteousness and let God take care of the ungodly? He will. He will. Hey, it's gonna, it may look like that they are prospering. The book of Habakkuk, a month ago, we're in the book of Habakkuk. The Babylonians, the Assyrians coming in, they were prospering. The enemies of God were prospering. It may look that way, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Hey, their, 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 their fate is sealed. Those that do not name the name of Jesus that will reject him, their, their fate is sealed. One day they will stand before Almighty God. And they will bow their knee and confess that he is Lord and that they were wrong. The way of the ungodly shall perish. But as encouragement to those of us who name the name of Christ, who are growing in his word, who are maturing in our Christian lives, hey, he also knows the way of the righteous. He is above all. He knows all. He possesses all knowledge and he possesses all power. He knows every intricate detail about your life. And instead of using that as guilt for yourself, use that as worship. That God knows everything about you. And he still loves you. And he still cares for you. God's supremacy. God's supremacy. Can I say this as, an, as encouragement on your walk of spiritual maturity? We're on this thing called a road. And this is a long road. It's from eternity past to eternity future. It's this, what scripture has said, a narrow road. It's not broad. There's not billions and billions and billions of people currently that are walking on that road. But believers are on this road. And can I say this? There are some believers that are down here on this road. They've been through a lot. They've matured through a lot. And they're down here on this road. There's other believers that, doesn't matter how long they've been a believer, they're, they're down here on this road. Down here. Can I say that spiritual maturity is not necessarily where you are on the road. Spiritual maturity is the direction that you are heading on that road. That's spiritual maturity. You say, Josh, I've not been a Christian long. I'm still trying to figure all this out. You talk about certain elements of theology when you preach, and I'm like, I don't even know. I don't, honestly, I don't even, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't really, I can't grasp it, so I just kind of ignore it. Okay, that's fine. But what direction are you heading in? Oh, well, I used to teach. I taught the Bible for years and years and years and years and years. And I know you bring up a, a doctrine, and I can, I can argue with you about any of them. Okay, what direction are you heading I mean, pardon me, but I, 
this is, this is going to come across insensitive. But at the end of the day, the only thing we can worry about is from right now forward. So forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into the things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of high calling of God. Hey, what direction are you heading? Has there been a time where you have been further down the road and you are in reverse spiritually? By way of conclusion this morning, as I studied through this chapter, I did notice something, and I've hinted at it in these last two weeks, and I've not really brought it to light. But notice verse 4. It says the ungodly are not so. Verse 5, therefore the ungodly, the nor sinners in the seat, I equate the opposite of ungodly with godly. And can I say this? What I believe the overarching theme of Psalm 1 is, is that a blessed man is a godly man. A, if you want to use the word happy, go ahead. But the blessed man, the blessed person, the blessed lady... The blessed Christian is the godly person. Godly. And at the end of the day, we are all defined by people around us. We're all defined by our family, whether we like it or not. We're defined by people that we interact with. And while we, honest, we obviously know that at the end of the day, we are living for an audience of one and we care only about what Jesus says about us, we have to understand that he has given us a circle. And at the end of the day, would people say godly in reference to us? Godly. Spiritual. And I think we get it wrong so many times. We think of blessings and we think of, you know, more money in our bank account. We think of the right Instagram filter. We think about the right angle to take the picture we think about how can we make this situation look better than what it really was i told you guys last week i'll be the first to admit that we take pictures and we post them on social media of our church and we don't necessarily highlight like empty seats just being honest if there's like two empty rows up here like we'll probably take the picture from that side um if we if we're singing a song, we'll post, sometimes post songs. We typically don't post the ones where the sound messes up. We usually don't post the ones where maybe we forget to come back in on a tag or something. I'm just shooting straight. Y'all, y'all, Tim, you can amen, man. It's all good, Tim. <clears throat> Why? Because at the end of the day, we're trying to highlight the best we can. But oftentimes we see that as blessing. No, no. Blessing, blessed, is godly. I don't care if we mess up every worship song we do from here until eternity. Are we godly? Hey, I don't care if this, if this place is full every Sunday or, or if we start meeting in my living room. Are we godly? Are we maturing as Christians? I've said that from day one. Hey, the worst case scenario in Keystone Church is next Sunday, you come to my house 
and we have church in my living room. It's the worst thing that can happen. We've already had it in Jeff's backyard one time. I'll finish with this. Would you describe your life as blessed or ungodly? Let me rephrase it. Would you describe your life as godly or ungodly? And let's take a better look at Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6, the entire chapter. And let's make spiritually mature decisions. Heavenly Father, be with us today. God, I pray that you would move in this time of invitation. The verse says in our passage today that the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Can I ask you a very personal but important question today? When it's your time to stand before Creator God, will you be one of the way of the ungodly shall perish? Let me ask a little bit of an easier question. Has there been a point in time in your life where you have made the conscious decision to repent of your sin, to reject your own way of thinking, to reject your good works, to reject your thoughts, and accept what Jesus Christ did on Calvary 2,000 plus years ago as the payment and penalty for your sin? Has there been a time in your life where you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus. No, not in your church attendance. Not in, well, I was raised in church. I went to Sunday school. Not in, well, I've got like a head knowledge, sure. Yeah, there's a higher being. I believe in quotes, God. No, has there been a time where you have accepted his own son as your personal savior? So that at that day when we all stand before God and all the ungodly people are trying to come up with something to say, that you can stand boldly and say, I've got one word to say, and that word is Jesus. I have no other plea. It's Jesus, and that's it. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and your trust in 100% into Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. You see, the prayer that I'm about to lead you in will never save you. In fact, the sinner's prayer is not even found in the Bible. This prayer will not save you, but it does. The Bible does say that with the heart, man believeth, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you truly believe this morning that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and that if you died in your sin, you would die and live in in hell eternally separated from God but you know that Jesus Christ died for you you know this morning that he was buried and he rose again the third day for you and you're willing to put all of your eternal belief and trust into that man Jesus Christ this has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox for more information about Keystone Church visit keystonerdu.church 
please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.